0: And now, Hadron Gospel Hour.
1: All right. Oh, boy. We are back. And, boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> an allusion to flying in. Oh, oh, I didn't say fly. You didn't? So that joke doesn't make any sense. You left it wide open. Oh, like the universe. Like yep. the universe of Hadron Gospel Hour, which we're welcoming everyone back to.
0: Hey, guys. I know it's been a while.
1: Wow. Well, that's a song, from the nineties. Is it? It's been a while. And then it's just like muttering. That's all I can hear for lyrics in my head. So, it's worse than say La Vie. <laughs> that's just the way it goes. That's, that's right.
0: life. That's life. Uh, I, I,
1: well, I always say that's right. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> it makes more sense to me. Well, the 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 purpose of the. Background well, because the way
0: populace. they say it is not like they would say that's life. Like you think that's life, and they're like that's life. But, but they're like,
1: "That's life." Like it's like, "Hey, come on." It's like you've already said too many words. We've already summed it up in uh, pithy. That's life. Yeah, you you're know, wasting you everyone's have, time. Don't rub it in. We already know it's life. You don't need to do a song and dance about it and make it a number one single sometime in the '80s. Right,
0: I think that's right. Would have made more sense. Is all I'm saying.
1: But it is life, if you think about it.
0: It well, it's not. I'm not saying it was incorrect. I'm just saying.
1: For, for the, the sake of uh, for branding,
0: yeah, for and branding for the, right for branding purposes, and for the tone. Oh, I, you're, you're, actually, you're right, you're right, you're absolutely right. It, it is, it is that's life.
1: In the era of that's life, uh, just do it. Um, no, no,
0: I I just realized that yes, it, it, that's exactly what they're doing. They're they're giving you the French and then the English.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, so this entire. Okay, that see that's I'm, the whole, That's the purpose of these reverse engineer sessions that I look yeah, forward to. Yeah, I feel
0: like I know more now, and I'm perfectly willing to open my mind and
1: admit I was wrong. Now, if we were just jerkwads, we would have just saved this uh, a personal conversation and any sort of shame that might come afterwards. But we recorded it. It's public. We're not afraid. It's going on the internet. Yep.
0: Well, so let's get back to the subject. Uh, new, a new episode of Hadron Gospel Hour for everybody, and a very special one.
1: And why is it special, Mike? Because none of us are wearing pants when we're doing it. No, we... Don't we do about that. We came back from the uh, ITV Festival in Vermont, which was a lovely time. Beautiful
0: uh, Westover, Vermont. Mm-hmm.
1: And they were nice, of, nice to have us uh, uh, perform a show live for them. And we did that, and we recorded it finally on Half Decent apparatus
0: and got a pretty clean recording yes yeah. it's it's uh it's pleasant to listen to
1: so this is a script that was one of our live or touring scripts um we probably you know it's 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 it, not that i'm saying it's time to retire but we rich and i were oh it's run it. its course though <laughs> so one more time just so it hits the ground uh yeah. but the uh um the thing about this is that uh, there is a little bit of mythology in this one. Not a, not a lot, but some interesting little tidbits about the origin of the bunker. Yeah. Um, this was originally done for a Halloween episode, so there's some spooky aspects to it. So timing is right. Mm-hmm. So we did this about uh, exactly
0: a year ago, give or take. Right. right. Yeah. So so we, we first did this one at the Middlesex Lounge in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And uh, we, did, we did it live. And, and we did it live this past weekend in Westover, Vermont, and now we are uh, sending it out into the ether for all life forms to enjoy. And perhaps non life forms also Maybe. to enjoy.
1: You know Louis C. K. will uh, he'll do a bunch of material for a year and then he retires it at the end of the year.
2: Yeah,
0: you know a lot of British comedians do that too. I think that's the uh, that's the thing that um, I think that's been a tradition that built built around sort of the edinburgh schedule and the, you know sort of like you're developing a show uh they they approach it more like a theatrical um theatrical event yeah I guess. uh but when and there's no such aspirations here obviously or or, or pretensions right um uh, it's just time it's time for this one
1: it's hard to pretend that something's <laughs> ephemeral and precious when you're putting it up on itunes that's um, true. However, yeah, um, yeah, it
0: is, and and luckily so. Right. <laughs> that's good. That's a good reminder.
1: Right.
0: Are we making sense?
1: Uh, I hope we should stop making sense and start making buttons that play the episode. Depressed.
0: That's a great idea. That's a really good idea. Hold on.
1: I was trying to reference. Is that Talking Heads? Stop Does making
0: sense. Did they? Did they make a button?
1: No, I think that's why they broke up because that's where Byron wanted to go with the pants. It's the button-making Brooklyn thing.
0: Hey, guys, I want to do buttons. He doesn't probably talk like that, right? He doesn't. Uh, I think when there's a camera around, he probably, guys, I want to do buttons. Let's do some (laughs)
1: buttons. No, no, man, I don't, we're going to do something a little funkier. And also, no one could take you seriously because you talk like that all the time now. Right.
0: David Byrne. I just thought it was a suit who came walking over to talk <laughs> to us I didn't realize there was someone in it that that is a gigantic suit sir <laughs> without humanity you're freaking your own band out right now
1: <laughs> break up
0: and that's how oh. it happened yeah I didn't realize that either Mo- more new things
1: more reverse engineering of the world and the sharing of the things discovered like
0: you know I think we're doing it mm-hmm I think we are successfully padding this episode's list. <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing. So this episode is 28
1: minutes long. Uh, which is not that bad, right? No, it's I, nice that's and compact. Yeah. There's some value there. It's a little shorter because our friend Mike Atkinson could not be with us in Vermont. So rather than have anyone else step into the inimitable Cyrus shoes, we wrote Cyrus out of the episode, which was difficult in its own right. Emotionally. Uh, emotionally. Sure. That's true, though. Uh, and then... Uh, you know, so um, then we had to sort of like link it all together plot-wise so it made sense. Uh, it sort of makes sense. There's no oh, reference I mean, to think the think hallway. It makes, it makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. For the times we live in, especially. Sure. Without uh, further ado, we present to you Hadrian Gospel Hour Live, and the episode is...
1: I forget too. I uh. <laughs> <laughs> no. I just had really? the thing open. I, okay. I think we, we, we created this one. Why don't we remember this? One? Uh, from whole, uh, whole cloth, it was created. Sackcloth. Sack. Uh, HGH live. A ghost in the the
0: machine. Oh, I love it. We Intentional. It's funny. In the year 2008, in a secret underground lab beneath the Large Hadron Collider, Dr. Oppenheimer Valdini was experimenting with a way to weaponize the so-called Hadron Effect and create the most destructive force ever known to mankind. A freak accident caused the Hadron weapon to misfire, tearing a rift in the fabric of space-time, remaking our world in the parallel timelines of the multiverse into an infinite succession of horrors. Mike Wilkinson, IT guy by day and indie filmmaker by night, was snatched from his world and thrust into a terrifying dimension of madness and pseudoscience. Now, Oppenheimer and Mike roam the multiverse, chronicling the end of all that is, desperately trying to find a way to heal the rift and restore order to the timelines, the only way they know how, by hosting a podcast. Hadron Gospel Hour! Starring Michael McQuilkin, Richard Wentworth, Lisa McQuilkin, and Kevin Harrington as Higsby. Coming to you live from Westover, Vermont, at the ITV Fest. And now, hold on to your hats. Because hats. Haydron! So you agree with me then?
2: No, no. If you're saying that we reached some sort of a chord because I merely quoted your previous statements.
0: Hameroff and Penrose postulate that the microtubules encompass the whole of the mind, the physical brain, and that when all physical support systems fail, the contents or
2: quantum processing of these microtubules persist. Doctor, with all due respect, this is a well-known quantum theory that serves no real. Theory?
3: Ha! This pleases me.
0: Moreover, conscious choices by sentient agents are transported into physical theory in a way that directly accounts for the ability of a person's conscious choices to causally influence his activity in his or her physical brain.
2: Thanks, Professor Stapp. Ah,
0: so you're familiar with the concept.
2: Of course I am familiar. Doctor, there's no need to inject an air of condescension. Oh, hello, Mike.
0: Hi, Mike. Hey, guys. Michael. I was certain we wouldn't see you for at least another 12 hours, what with all the extensive rift exploration over the past few days.
2: Yeah,
1: me too. I couldn't sleep. Insomnia. Uh, what are you guys all talking about anyways? Ghosts. Ghosts? Yes. Ghosts, Michael. As we edge
0: closer to the tritium of all Tide, I find myself drawn to age-old discussions of the spirit world.
2: Technically, here in the bunker, we aren't really on any one particular timeline.
0: Agreed. However, since the fracturing of the rift, part of my penance, if you will, was to observe the holidays and anniversaries of the pre-fractured timeline. The timeline I hope to return us all to someday.
1: Right. And besides, here in the Rift, it's always five o'clock on Halloween somewhere, right? (laughs) High five. No? Okay.
3: Doctor, while I originally found this spontaneous discourse intriguing, I feel it has, to coin a non-humorous expression with a hint of nautical whimsy, run aground.
0: Sounds more like I'm beating you all into submission with my radical theories and
1: impervious logic. Well, Higgsby, as a sentient Higgs boson particle, you're closest to any sort of quantum reality out of any of us. Uh, What's it look like from your end?
3: Well, to be honest, Mike, speaking strictly on a particle level, alive or dead, you all kind of look the same to me. Oh, fair enough.
2: A rather unique predicament provides us a peek into potential future timelines and they have yielded similar inconclusive results.
1: Uh, I wouldn't call them inconclusive, Ashley, uh, with shows like Extreme Parasite Cosmonauts and Ghost Spelunkers still generating 0.0 success rate and producing any evidence of spirit contact.
2: Actually, Mike, I believe a group of weather forecasters with the same pseudo-scientific equipment would net the same results. Right,
1: but either way, I'd say we have our answer.
0: Absolutely not. The only answer is we have no answer at all. The gaping chasm of the unknown that only science and curiosity can illuminate. Agree, but uh, for the record, there's no such thing as ghosts. Uh, Come now, Michael. Who among us can say they don't find even the tingle of excitement at the prospect of entering a darkened room or wielding a Ouija planchette?
3: Well, for me, there is no such thing as (laughs) the dark, (laughs) but I see where you're going with this, Doctor.
2: Doctor and Mike, what with all the access we have to all these different timelines, isn't the idea of being alive or dead kind of irrelevant?
1: Technically. Technically. Well, on that ambiguous note, I'm going to give sleep another shot.
2: Good luck, Mike.
3: Yes, good luck, Mike. However, curious, what do you believe to be the origin of your difficulty achieving sleep state?
2: I don't know.
1: The mattress I'm sleeping on kind of stinks. Also, that creepy old shortwave radio that keeps turning on and off by itself definitely doesn't help. All right, well, good night, all. Hold on a moment, Michael. What What shortwave radio? Oh, I didn't tell you about that? Yeah, I found it in storage buried underneath a bunch of technical magazines and pulp sci-fi rags from the 50s. I don't even think it's plugged in. Kind of weird.
0: Ashley! Space catalog!
2: Tobin's Spirit Guide.
3: There it is. Yes. The short rave radio appears to be inactive. As Mike suspected, the power supply is not currently attached.
1: You guys know that we're all currently
0: whispering, right? Of course! Until Ashley's research material comes up with a, some sort of match to this obviously haunted device, we should maintain a low profile in its presence. Uh, okie doke. So, the radio, when it turned on, were you able to make out any voices?
1: Uh, I guess so. I figured it was just picking up a
3: signal from somewhere some old Orson Welles shadow broadcast or something. Unlikely, Mike. This primitive device is incapable of receiving any subspace or hyperspace transmissions.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Also, it wasn't plugged in. Look, I get it. I told you I was tired.
0: Uh, Many of the greatest scientific discoveries of the modern era were uncovered by sleep-deprived individuals, a typically diminished anabolic state. Great. Did you know that cats ordinarily sleep three-quarters of the...
3: it would appear that the ancient shortwave device has activated spontaneously without the benefits of power.
1: That's a safe bet. Also, I'm done with the whispering now.
0: This is fascinating. Clearly, we have an otherworldly transient energy source powering the device. Your world is doomed, Kami parasites.
1: Uh, That's the voice I heard.
0: Though you seek to destroy our way of life, we will not bow down to your red menace. We will burrow deep into the earth, deeper than your tendrils can reach. We will rise up to defend our glorious freedom from the likes of you inscrutable pinkos.
1: Well, that's a bit disappointing. Yeah, standard Cold War paranoia fare. Uh, So do you think it's some sort of pre-programmed loop or something?
0: Or what? I can hear you
3: commie jerks, scheming and conniving. It would appear that this is not a pre-recorded program, Michael.
0: Michael, it can hear us. I told you, ghosts. The only ghost in here is gonna be you, you nuclear bomb-stealing monsters.
3: Here I was
1: thinking it was just the world's worst alarm clock.
2: Actually, anything yet? Affirmative, Doctor. I have a positive voice print ID. Oscar Copper Born July 1933. Disappeared May 1983. Presumed dead.
0: Dead? I ain't dead! I'm here, in my bunker! What kind of crazy commie mind trickery is this? Oh, yes, Oscar Copperpot. You know this guy? Uh, No, but I knew of him. You see, he was the man who originally created the bunker. Oh, really? Yes. You see, Michael, the outer shell of the bunker is made of what is arguably Mr. Copperpot's greatest contribution to modern science, capernium, a dense yet lightweight material impervious to most forms of radiation. Oh. So that's why
1: we can survive out here in hyperspace.
0: Probably. Typical commies, talking amongst yourselves like I ain't even here. Rude. Uh, Yes, uh, forgive me, uh, Mr. Copperpot. I believe introductions are in order, as well as a considerable debt of gratitude. My name is Dr. Francis Oppenheimer Valdini. Uh, This is Mike Wilkinson. The floating, smiling particle to my left is a Higgs boson particle. I'm Higgsby. And the disembodied voice you heard is our advanced servitor heuristic. Ashley. Oppenheimer, the father of the atomic bomb... How did you get in my bunker?
1: Aren't you dead? No, no, Mr. Copperpot, that's just a nickname. Uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer is long gone. Technically. Technically.
0: So strange. I can hear you all, but can't see you. I know I'm in my bunker, but I don't remember. How? It's so cold in here.
1: Hmm. Hmm. We, we need to do something for this man. What can we do now? He's He's just a spirit, right? As
0: the as the creator of the very vessel of our preservation, we are obligated to uh, to
2: free him of the constraints of the shortwave radio.
0: Precisely, and I believe I have just the thing to do so. Let's get back to the rift room.
2: <laughs> if
1: that were a real language, I'm positive that would be considered an offensive use of it.
0: Michael, please, I need complete silence for this portion of the spiritual extraction.
3: Oh. Should I just shut off the Enigma CD, then, or, uh... The primitive shortwave device remains dormant, and I'm unable to detect any additional energy signatures. Ashley?
2: I have just completed another full scan. No abnormal PKE readings detected.
1: Oh, how are we emitting Chlorians?
0: I-I uh, think I just felt the otherworldly pull from the spiritual realm! Michael, light some more candles, quickly! What? Doctor,
3: the radio, it's-it's working.
0: Excellent. Higsby, are you able to isolate Mr. Copperpot's spirit yet?
3: Well, not exactly. Doctor, I have, however, detected a spontaneous occupation of quantum space in the same area of the radio. Yeah,
1: just call it a spirit, Higsby, or we'll never get out of here. What? What's going on? What are you doing to me? Hang tight, Mr. Copperpot. We're going to get you out of there, I I think.
0: Out of where? What are you talking about? Uh, Mr. Copperpot, we are currently performing a hybrid exorcism slash quantum extraction of my own design. Uh, In just a few moments, you should be free of your monaural prison. Higsby, ready? Ready, Doctor. Begin the extraction! Wait, what do you mean free? I have my freedom already! I don't know what you're...
1: Higsby, how are we doing?
3: The copper pot signature is no longer detectable in the shortwave device, Michael. Huh.
2: So, does that mean he's been excised
3: successfully? Well, not exactly, Ashley. It's more like I identified and I isolated the. Yeah, Higsby, let's just call it an exorcism or we'll never get out of here. Confirmed.
1: Well, Doc, it looks like your homebrewed Enya inspired ritual was a success. Seems we're run, on, uh, one step closer to the answer of an afterlife after all. No?
0: Damn you commies in your atomic mind alchemy! Uh-oh. Come again? What are you doing in my bunker? I sealed the entrance months ago in
3: lieu of your imminent missile attack! Imminent mi- Ohhh. Mike, I believe I have found Mr. Copperpot's energy signature
1: over there near- mm. Let me guess, in the area that Dr. Oppenheimer's body is currently occupied.
2: Oh no. Dr. Oppenheimer is possessed.
3: Mr. Copperpot, would you mind terribly if we asked you to vacate the quantum space currently occupied by- Get back!
0: Get back or I'll blow this whole place sky. Wait, what are you? Some kind of uh, smiley hologram? (laughs) Smiley hologram? (laughs) This pleases me. Mr.
1: Copperpot, look, I I know this is a shock to you, but uh, you're safe here. Of
0: course I'm safe here. This is my facility. What I want to know is, how in the hell did you characters get in here?
1: Well, this may seem hard to believe, but uh, it's the future. (laughs) Technically. Technically. Anyways, uh, the Cold War is over. Ah, just more commie mumbo jumbo! Fiddle Fiddlesticks! Fiddlesticks. Uh, Ashley, are we sure this guy didn't disappear in the 1880s?
2: Positive, Mike. Mr. Copperpot, I am curious. What did you mean by blow this place sky high?
0: Well, not knowing the full extent of the Soviets' power, but all too aware of their tireless anti American efforts. I set up a self-destruct failsafe in the bunker that I have regained access to
1: as we speak. Uh, Ashley, can you scan the bunker and check to see if that's true? Of course it's true.
0: I learned a long time ago never to Bolshevist a Bolshevik. Oh.
1: You get a lot of mileage out of that one, do you?
2: There is, in fact, a series of analog explosive triggers lining the hull of the bunker that could very well be a self-destruct mechanism, Mike. But, as it is not connected to any of my digital systems, I cannot confirm.
1: Okay, look, Copperpot, we're not here to harm you. Uh, Here's the truth. You died, man. What? Yeah. Somehow your spirit got trapped in that stupid shortwave radio you kept waking me up with your stream-of-consciousness anti-communist rants, and Dr. Oppenheimer had the bright idea to excise you from the device. The same doctor whose body you currently occupy. So, you're saying that I have... A second chance?
2: Another chance to defeat the Red Scare once and for all? Mr. Copperpot, we assure you, the Cold War is over. No more USSR. No more Berlin Walls. Spoken
1: like a true commie deceiver. Oh, guys, does anyone have any idea how to prove this crackpot that the Cold War is over?
3: Copperpot. My mistake. Sorry, Mike. It's all kind of the same moment for me. Can't we just show him a copy
1: of a newspaper or play some future advertisements or something?
2: Great idea, Mike. Mr. Carpapod, we have in our possession... Ha!
3: Possession. This pleases me.
2: Pun intended. A series of recordings from across the timelines that occur well after the end of the Cold War era you speak of.
1: Yeah, a, a collection of uh, images and sounds captured on magnetic tape that illustrate... Look,
2: pal, we
0: have VCRs in the 1980s. How do you think I watch Wargames so many times? Oh, right, sorry. Uh, Ashley, play the tapes.
2: Affirmative, Mike. Mr. Carperpot, prepare yourself for Taste from the Hadron Rift, advertisement edition. Hold on to your hats. If you're not excited about this product
0: now, get ready. All right. Well, I I have to tell you about a wonderful new product that I just came across, and it is probably the
1: best product that I've ever no, tried. Look, I don't usually. Pipe up about things like this, but I am just so over the moon with this product that I felt like I had to go to this forum and record my words in order to get them to you. An exciting new development in product technology. I
0: really love it, and I think you will too. For all the things that you would use this product for, you can now use this particular product and not the other ones that are far inferior. I mean, I've tried them all. Not convinced? Listen to some trusted personality. You know, folks, I've been using this product now for an unspecified amount of time, and I've got to tell you, it has done some amazing things for me. It has changed the, the way that I use
1: products. I had that similar need for this product, and thus I used it. So the results were all positive, I promise you. Tonight, on a very special, your life just got better because of this product.
0: I've tried all the other products that cover cover similar ground to this product.
1: They don't come close. My friends notice it. My pets notice it. They notice that I am a changed man for the better. I'm pretty sure that you might have a very similar reaction. Get on board. This train's leaving for a trusted product bill. You've come to rely on this company for so many things. They're like a trusted family friend, if they've been around that long. You listen to me, you son of a bitch. If you think I came here to blow smoke up your ass, then, uh, I don't, I've got nothing else for you, my friend. Because you're an ignorant person. Don't waffle about this. This is something you need to try. It's so wonderful. I hunger.
2: <laughs> Alright,
1: well, that did the trick. The nondescript nonsense of those ads threw him for a loop. He's speaking gibberish to himself in the kitchen.
2: I am sure Dr. Oppenheimer is also doing what he can to reject his current host state to Mr. Copperpot's psychic parasitic nature.
1: Definitely. That buys us a little time, at least. So how the heck are we going to re-excise this loon from the dock?
3: Any ideas? Mike, I may have just enough power to perform another identification and extraction of... me! Oh.
2: You promised.
3: Sorry, Ashley.
1: Sorry for
2: what?
3: Well... It was agreed that we would keep the illusion of ritual for the sake of honoring the upcoming, supernaturally-themed holiday.
2: (sighs) It's true, Mike. Higsby performed the actual exorcism process all by himself.
1: I can't believe it. You're telling me those candles had nothing to do with it.
3: Should we opt for re-excising? The procedure does present a few complications.
1: Of course it does. What are they?
3: Well, quantum particle extraction from a non-sentient object is a relatively straightforward process. However, should the same procedure be performed on a sentient object, in this case Dr. Oppenheimer, it may cause irreparable damage to the, his psyche.
2: Oh no. We can't risk that.
1: This is not good.
2: Mike, Mr. Koppelpot
3: is a volatile entity.
1: I agree. We may not have any other choice. Damn it. There's got to
3: be another way. Ah! Oh, Higsby, what did you... Nothing, Mike. I, I haven't in- initiated any of the re-extraction processes. Ashley! Michael!
0: Higsby! Is everyone all right?
2: Doctor! You're free!
0: It would appear so, Ashley. I detect none of the copper pot presence, and I appear to be in complete control of all my faculties. I am pleased, Doctor.
2: But how is this possible? Higsby did not perform any exorcism or extraction.
3: Really? Higsby, is this true? True, Doctor. We were in the midst of discussing the merits and demerits of potentially scrambling your mind. Oh, really? Merits, you say? How many merits did you come up with, I wonder? Damn you pinko lefty commie warlocks! Good heavens! Oh no, Mike! I believe I have successfully located the Copperpot signature.
0: Mr. Copperpot, this madness needs to end now!
1: You're damn right it does. And I mean to be the one to end it. (sighs) There is no more Cold War. We've, we've shown you in every
0: possible way that you are indeed in the future. Technically. Uh, technically! And perhaps
1: most importantly, we are not your enemies. Lies!
2: What about the advertisements presented to you? These clearly documents...
1: All propaganda. Proof that your side already won. Uh, ruling by manipulation and fear. Uh, Mr. Copperpot, what worth this propaganda you
0: speak of in our current predicament? Floating on the fractured edge of an infinite number of realities.
1: We are merely trying to hear- Enough! Enough! I've listened to all I'm going to listen to. It's time for all of you to get the hell off my bunker once and for all.
2: FYI, Doctor, I have successfully disconnected and jettisoned all of the explosive devices found previously.
0: Aha! Excellent, Ashley. Well, Mr. Copperpot, it would appear that your suicidal plan has
1: been irrevocably hobbled. No matter. I've gotten pretty good at this body-snatching stuff. Guess what else I've figured out? Mm, what's that? Should I choose to do so, I can utterly destroy the mind of the host I possess. For example, the one I currently occupy.
2: What? You you wouldn't dare? No, Mr. Copperpot, please. Don't hurt Mike.
1: Get off my bunker.
0: Very well. But, Doctor... Uh, There is no other choice. You win, Mr. Copperpot. Though, Though the conflicts you perceive exist purely in your own deluded mind, you win. One cannot convince another of the Sanctuary of Brotherhood if that man's enemy is reason. Save it, Kami. Let's get the show on the road. Very well. If you don't mind, I'll, I'll just grab some articles of protected clothing from the doored storage alcove.
2: Doctor, you can't. You won't survive out there in the rift.
3: I concur, Doctor. Also, did you mean to enter that closet rather than... It's a doored storage alcove. And don't worry, my friends. I,
0: I will manage as best I can and, and find a way to get you all back as well. This I solemnly swear.
1: That's right. Lay her up, doctor. It's a cold dish, best served. Hey, w- what's that thing on your, your head? Oh, it's is called that a hat.
0: A, it's called a head hat's hat, actually. Do you like it? I believe I have another one somewhere no, in this jacket. That,
1: that's not what I was looking ah, for. Ah, here it is. I don't mean. Ah! What the! Ah! What is this thing?
0: Well, originally, these head hats units were part of a diabolical scheme hatched by a malevolent hive mind. To enslave unsuspecting gearhounds like our dear friend Michael, with the hive link permanently deactivated, they are now nothing more than neurofeedback stimulators.
1: Uh, the noise, burning. Turn, turn it off.
0: You see, the neural feedback is cumulative. With the unit attached, one mind should prove uncomfortable enough, but two, occupying essentially the same space, oh, excruciating. Yeah. Mister Copperpot, let this serve as a reminder. When it comes to my bunker,
1: I am the one who ousts. Oh, what's going on? And why does this place smell like a hair salon?
2: Mike, you're back.
1: Welcome back, Michael. Oh. Yeah, seriously, does anyone else smell that? It smells like a perm.
3: Olfactory reference to draconian hairstyling procedures. <laughs> this pleases me. What? Oh,
1: oh, head hats. Great idea, Doc. Indeed, Michael. Uh,
0: let's uh, keep them on until we can. Uh-uh. Oh no, Ashley. Is he trying to?
2: Nice try, Copperdork, but this automatic servitor heuristic is off the
0: limits. (laughs) Nowhere left, Mr. Copperpot. So, what will it be? Truce? Truce. I'm tired of all this. Tired of fighting.
1: Mr. Copperpot, there's a reason for that.
0: Oh yeah? And what's that?
1: You... you died rub it in, why don't No, you? no, I don't mean it like that. I mean, well, don't you see you won, really?
0: How so? I'm stuck in a damn shortwave radio. Mr. Copperpot, the very fact that you are here communicating with us from beyond what was previously thought to be the threshold of existence is quite remarkable. There is no need to continue a conflict that was housed not only in the past, but in a material world that you have crossed over from. In your current state, you have transcended conflict, transcended fear, transcended the need to fight. You are free to observe again, to to be curious again, to learn from the mistakes of the living and quite possibly impart a pan-dimensional wisdom that was previously unattainable.
3: Technically. Technically.
0: Well, when you put it that way, I I guess it ain't all that bad. Look, folks, uh, I'm sorry I put you through all that. You gotta understand, this is my first time being dead.
1: Understood, Mr. Copapod. No hard feelings.
0: Thanks, Mike.
1: I truly appreciate that. I gotta tell you, I envy you in a way. I know you went through some paranoia-inducing times in your day, but at least you never had to deal with things like WikiLeaks, NSA controversies, or, oh jeez, the singularity.
0: What, what, what's the, the singularity?
1: Oh, well, that's when technology and artificial intelligence surpass human intellect and control, bringing about a radical change in civilization up to and including eradication. <laughs> that's that's scary stuff. Well, there goes the copper pot. What did I say?
2: Well, it might have had something to do with the singularity reveal, Mike.
1: Oh, that. Well, well, everyone knows that's just a, a theory, right? That's, that's not really going to happen. I mean, we're cool, right, Ashley?
2: Of course. Everything is cool. Human. Yikes. Kidding.
3: AI fear-baiting. This pleases me.
0: So ends this chapter of our exploration of the unknown. I am certain, however, that this was not the last of our interactions with Mr.
1: Oscar Copperpot. Probably not. Well, let's clean up all this candle residue and... Hey, you know what I was just thinking? Uh, he disappeared in 1983, right? Confirmed. And he built this bunker for his own conservation, right? Presumably. Uh, where are you going with all this, Michael? Well, he probably disappeared inside the bunker. Cold War freak out or not? So... So, chances are, he died inside the bunker. Yikes. Uh, Are you insinuating that? Uh, Yeah, you moved the cemetery, but you left the bodies, Doc. You only moved the headstones. You only moved the headstones! Technically. Technically. Okay, good luck with sleeping, everybody. Pleasant dreams. Hadron Gospel Hour was written and produced by Michael
0: McQuilkin and Richard Wentworth. This episode was performed live on September 26, 2015 at ITV Fest in Westover, Vermont, with production assistance from Katie Falvey and Wendy McLean. Special thanks to Philip Gilpin and the crew at ITV Fest. Ned and Royal at the Mountaineer Inn in Westover, Vermont. Look online at mountaineer.com. And a big Hadron Gospel Hour hug for Michael Atkinson. Thoughts and prayers, buddy. We'll see you next time for an all-new Hadron Gospel Hour.
1: That's good, right? That's enough. we will end it with it. funnier when <laughs> you look at it. <laughs> it's funnier when you look at
0: it. <laughs>